This episode, I'm conjuring ghosts on a 40-hour ride. Welcome back to Growing Up Punk, the podcast about punk rock and all of its friends. We are continuing our series, taking a look at a number of different labels. This, of course, is part two on Hopeless Records. Uh, Aaron and I, we shared our five favorite releases each from Hopeless Records on our last episode. You can go check that out if you haven't done so so far. Uh, this episode, I had the opportunity to sit down with uh, James Karajosis. When I say sit down, we're on opposite sides of the world. So we were both sitting down but in front of a computer. Anyway, he is of the band Between You and Me, of course, currently signed to Hopeless Records in the middle of working on a new album, so that's exciting stuff. And uh, here's the thing. He shares his five favorite releases from Hopeless Records. Before we get into that, though, go follow us on social media at Growing Punk Pod. You'll find us on Instagram and Twitter under that. You'll find our personal Instagrams and Twitters there as well. And uh, growingpunkpod.com is our website. You can find reviews there. You can find merch there. Our Patreons there. Our episodes are there. It's all there. Head on over to growingpunkpod.com. Anyway, let's not waste any more time. Let's get into this interview. It was a great chat that I had the opportunity uh, to have with James Karajosis, a.k.a. Bassy of Between You and Me and his favorite releases from Hopeless Records. Very good for you. Yeah, you sound great. You sound almost as good as you look. Oh, thank you. <laughs> like the, the, just the way the sun's hitting you, it's like <laughs> yeah. I moved. I moved. I was like, how do we want this? Does it, does it want to be nice? got, is that a tree behind so, you? What is behind yeah, it's you? It's a big mag. It's yeah. a big magnolia tree. Like, where are you? You, you got to be outside. Yeah, I'm in my. Oh patio. yeah. Okay. Okay. I was just because yeah. the wall, like I guess, back behind you to your right yeah. or whatever. It, yeah. It, it, Looks like an interior wall, so I was very confused. It's like, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I've never been is, to us. Uh, what's that? I've got an indoor greenhouse. Yeah, I was gonna say, I've never <laughs> been to Australia before, but I've just, I assume that you don't just have trees growing up through the middle of your house. Maybe you all live in tree houses. I don't we know. Actually, yeah, we actually just build them off trees, so there's no like <laughs> block planning. It's just like wherever there's a tree yeah. already built. Yeah, you just build around <laughs> it. I like it. It's real good. Um, but you were just so, did you want to talk about the new record at all? Yeah, sure. Yeah, so you're done recording. So is is any of this, because I know when um, COVID first hit, you guys were in Canada recording, So, or yeah. were you just in pre-production? No, so we were on tour. Yeah. Um, so, so we were about two weeks into a four-and-a-half-week tour, and then we played Atlanta, and we're like, all right, let's drive through the night and get a day off in, in Columbus, Ohio. So right. I drove all night. Then the next day, um, our photographer, Nate, was like, I, um, the mayor of Columbus is having a press conference in regards to like COVID and stuff because we hadn't really kept up with it over the whole tour. And then we, they were closing down like Columbus. So we were like, we're probably going to cancel the tour. Yeah. So then we just drove for the border just because all of our flights were out of Toronto. So because we were planning on recording after the tour. Yeah. yeah. And then we made it, we we're just like, we should go over the border even if we just like fuck off the tour or whatever. Um, just so we can get home just in case, worst case scenario. Yeah. So then we drove, we got over and then we waited a week to see if we we're going to record or not. And then we waited a week and it was probably from that week that we waited, there was another week and we we're supposed to go into the studio with Sam in Canada, mm -hmm. but then we flew home. 
okay. and then we were just trying to figure it out yeah. when we got home. And then we eventually were able to get a visa for Sam to fly over to Australia to okay. do the record. So That's awesome. Okay, so because I was, yeah, I wasn't sure if you'd gotten, like if you'd started recording and if any of this new record was going to feature stuff from that, but... Um, mm. So, no. but you, you said you're, you guys are essentially done recording the new record now? Correct. Yeah. We, we finished up with Sam, um, early December. He flew home early December. Yeah. And then we basically had a song that we had done musically, but no vocals had been written to it yet. Yeah. And we we're going to cram it on the last day, but, um, Jake was like, I'm not getting anything. So, and we had a assistant producer, Jack, um, one of my friends who was helping and he was going to be, he was obviously living here so we could just do vocals with him at yeah. any time. Yeah. But then we went into another lockdown and then it kind of fucked us around a little bit, but we eventually got there. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I, it's funny cause I was joking around a little bit saying like, Oh, I'm, uh, I'm recording a podcast with a guy who's legit living in the future right now because I, uh, I mean, for me it's tomorrow. It's, it's literally that, um, the get up kids Wednesday. Song. Right yeah. Now, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's say the get up kids song where it's like, what does he say? Is like, yeah, to, oh, he he. Anyways, he makes a comment yeah. about yesterday being tomorrow, or tomorrow being yesterday. Whatever. Okay. Some some <laughs> line, but um, but also not only that, but you guys are so far ahead of everything else as far as, uh, like handling a virus is concerned. It seems because yeah, you know, we've done all right. I think. Yeah. Well, because like watching everyone else, I think we've done pretty good. Yeah, like because <laughs> I mean, did I see? Did did you guys have like live like music and stuff going on at some point? Yeah, so I feel like. It kind of start well, WA, Western Australia basically didn't really get affected and they kind of locked down for a little bit, but they were back yeah. to normal shows within like a few months of us being home. Yeah. But then Melbourne, where I live, got hit. The, we have had the most cases out of the whole country. Right. Um, so we locked down for like nearly six months of, or like eight months of no live music or anything. Yeah. Um, until I think it was... Yeah, when Sam came, I think November was when it um, all opened back up. Opened back up, so we've had some shows now. Um, I've been to a few, which has been pretty cool. Yeah, like have you guys played back any? There. No, we haven't played any shows. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, we were we were talking about doing like a online show or something like that, but we're mm. just like, uh, there's no kind of not no point, but like we're recording the record and we're getting ready for that, so we didn't want to. Yeah put anything else into the works yeah, for sure before we but, finish that so like are, are the shows that are going on there right now like are they essentially normal because we had live music going on here for a little bit but it was very much like oh you have to you book a table sort of thing right like or i know there were yeah. a lot of like drive-in concerts that were happening and stuff like very not normal at all for what we're used to so like are the shows anywhere yeah. near normal as as were pretty much the same as what you said um okay. was you book a table and like theater seating for most of the shows, but only yeah. recently I went to a show the other day last week and is the venue I went to was probably like 400 cap over the whole venue. Right. Um, so every venue is probably at like 30% capacity at the yeah, moment okay. or yeah. something like that. But um, because the venue has a small band room and then the bar room and then the outside area, it's like a hundred people over the whole venue. Yeah. But, but so they had a hundred people and then when the band was playing, there was like able to be a hundred people in the, band venue technically okay yeah. so it was pretty cool that was like kind of like a an old school yeah um underground kind of punk show that we went to and yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it was kind of it was kind of felt normal for like a minute yeah felt pretty yeah. good it was, it was also scary because it's like are we allowed to do this <laughs> 
Right. Well, like, I mean, no. that was for sure things that were going on. I don't know so much in Canada. Like, I, I, I did see some... Uh, there was a band that I was following on Instagram that was from like a couple hours from here. And I saw some early shows where they were playing in like a bar or whatever. And you know, all, all the musicians are behind like plexiglass type thing. It's just oh, like okay. this really weird thing. And there was like, but it was also like some small local band that at best they probably had 20 people there anyway. Right. So mm-hmm. um, that probably didn't feel that, that different, but uh, <laughs> yeah. It's um, just... I, I know in, sorry, I know in Sydney, um, one of our, what yours truly played some shows and they wouldn't let, the band leave the backstage area to go and mingle with right. people because yeah, of, like, okay. of capacity. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Oh, that's, that's interesting. Um, but yeah, I do remember reading about shows that were happening with bands and then mm. those, those bands were getting shit on for just like not, you know, not doing the right thing at this. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or whatever, but um, yeah, I did see some of those shows in the, in the U S yeah, happening yeah. like that. <laughs> and then, you know, you just go down the rabbit hole of the Facebook comments where it's just like, <laughs> it's a fun place to look sometimes. Band. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's a fun place when it's not you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's fair. Well, let's get in. Uh, let's talk about this. Cause, um, we've been doing a bit of a series on record labels and sharing yeah. our favorite picks, uh, full disclosure. So this uh, episode that we're doing right now, I haven't actually picked my list yet. So usually oh, okay. I have some kind of idea in mind as to what I'm going with, but um, recording. So you have a list of your favorite. Hopeless yeah. So, so how, yeah, how the episodes have been going is like, we'll do one episode where um, like we share our picks from the label. And then the following episode is we, we bring an artist on to share their picks okay. from the label. So, so you're the artist, whether you consider yourself an artist or not, that's what you are. Oh, totally. So, Can you see uh, my shirt? Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's very, it's f- first, first thought I had was it's very Seaway of you. Like, that's what, when I was putting it on, I was like Canadian. I was like, yeah. you're probably going to get this straight away. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Well done. Um, but yeah, so we're, we're going to talk about uh, hopeless records. You sent me your list, but uh mm-hmm. Why don't you, uh, why don't you share your, and these are, we, we talked about this briefly. These are actually in order. They're not just five records that you've picked that you like. These are what you would confidently say are your top five, at least. Yeah, today. I think so. I think so. I, I was looking through, I went, cause I didn't really have a, had never really thought about yeah the labels that bands put their music out on. And then when I went through the discography, I realized I didn't really know many of the, of the um, <laughs> alumni of, of yeah. Opus Records. So like I was going through and I, I had like a pretty, like a 15 or 20 band list. And then I went through the ones that like I had the most memories of or um, time and place when I heard that record. And yeah, so basically that's the top five for me. So do you want me to just say all five? Uh, No, we'll go, we'll start with, with number five and then we'll talk about it a bit and then we'll kind of move on from there. Cool. So So number five is better weather by with confidence. I remember the first night that she said, Oh, maybe I can do this on my own. Shorts and reoccurrences, you will not be alone. And I know that you're holding up for better weather, and I can't promise you that I'll be around forever. And there's one thing I know is that we're good together. Place inside this world 
real quick, like with confidence as a band that I've because that's their is that their second newest record? Yes. So that, yeah, that was their first record on Hopeless. Okay, so because they're their a band, they're a band that I was familiar with. Um, yeah. But only really knew. I'm just blanking. I'm trying to look it up real quick. But uh, oh yeah, Love and Loathing. Twenty man, 2018 was such a good year uh, for music because that was that was. Close. That was the first 2018 was like the first year where I really got back into tracking like what was coming out. So that was the funny okay. thing I was noticing about like so the picks that you had is like a lot of I was like, oh, like that band that was already out by the time I was like jumping back into mm. uh into some of these bands. But with confidence, why don't you tell me so why 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 does this record make your top five? Um, I remember wait, this was the first this album was the first big tour that between you and me got. Okay. So we took we toured the, the Australian tour of this one in support of it. Um and I just remember having so many good times on that tour. But I'd met them probably a few years before that and I'd heard about them for a while. Mm-hmm. And when I met them, I just like I had all these preconceived notions about this band that's big and whatever. And they're all young and I was just like, Oh, these guys are so lucky, they get to do everything already and I'm like twenty five and they're like seventeen <laughs> and this is all like I wish I could be them <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. Um but then, yeah, then when this record came out and just watching it every night and then listening to it after, just there's just like, it's catchy and it just reminds me of why it's fun to be in a band, yeah. I guess. Um, yeah, like, just like there's so many songs in it that I was just like, man, that's so sick. I wish I could write songs like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think yeah. that you'll see that that's a, 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 a theme that goes through all of these records. Right. It's like, holy shit, it's so good. I wish good. I could write like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're definitely like... Um... So I, I mean I, I feel it's it's only fair that how many bands are on Hopeless that are from Australia because there's a, there's a few of you and like I wonder I think what there's the, like six or seven now yeah because like obviously say, you guys yeah. and then with Con Us, with Con Trophy Eyes Trophy Eyes okay Stand Atlantic they are okay yeah there's um um Tonight Alive and did you Five. yeah. Did you guys all, I feel like 2018, all of you, or most of you anyways, released a record that year, which is crazy. Because like that was mm. Trophy Eyes came out like American American Eyes, is that what it's called? No, American Dream. Was that American that year? Dream. Was that Chemical Miracle, yeah. No, I think, because um, so American Dream was the first, similar, the first record of um, Trophy Eyes that I kind of got you into. Like for, yeah. well, not, not that I heard, but when it came out, like I was like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, yeah. But and I think I want to say um, Stand Atlantic had oh, they had was, an EP that year, or there was that no that would that would have been their first full length their, the first full length yeah and then yeah. with confidence had the one I just mentioned you guys had a record that year yeah. um, man that's a good year it was a good <laughs> I, year I a... often I often look back on 2018 and I'm like dude that was like a that was a solid year especially for <laughs> um, for myself for like bands that. I guess I was more kind of getting into mm. uh, as opposed to, because the last couple of years, a lot of the releases that I've really loved have been bands that I've known for forever, whether it was Jimmy World yeah. a couple of years ago or um, like Casket Lottery, just bands like that that I like I grew up on that are still making music. But um, but yeah, when I went and listened to Better Weather, I uh, you can't help but like they, they write some of the hookiest songs. And I, I like what you said about yeah. just like it reminding you of what's so fun about being in a band or however you may have worded it. And I, and I know you're probably tying that specifically. You've got memories to tie specifically to a tour for that record, Mm. but even just hearing it, like it's just one of those ones where 
you know, it just sounds, I didn't, I didn't take a deep dive with the lyrics or anything, but it just sounds like they're yeah. having fun playing, right? Like they could be singing yeah. about some of the most heartbreaking stuff that isn't <laughs> actually fun for them to get off their chest for all I know, but <laughs> like, it's been in a way that, that, that yeah, it, comes it, across. It sounds, yeah, it's light, it's bouncy, it's fun. It's, um, it's everything I guess to love about, uh, pop punk of, you know, the, the 2010s now 2020s, I suppose. But yeah, um, yeah, it's a good pick. So what's your number four? My number four is <laughs> I got this one wrong when I said the two. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Southern Southern Air by Yellow Card.
this southern air is in my lungs It's in every word I've sung Seems the only truth I know This will always be home I was so confused. I, well, I was I was not so confused, but you called it southern weather, which I yeah. mean, obviously southern air and better weather, but also like yeah. the almost record. Exactly. That's. And, I was always like, oh, that's an album name. That's. I'm, I haven't got yeah. the wrong album and name. And so yet. I was like, whoa, Yellow Card has a record called Southern Weather too. Like that's that's weird, man. <laughs> uh, but no, Southern Air. Uh, so yeah, why yeah. why this record? This one. Um, because I I was playing in another band at the time and the singer showed like we I had listened to Yellow Card, like I listened to Ocean Avenue and, and Lights and Sounds. And I kind of like went like for, not forgot about them, but I just didn't listen to the next album. Like, you know, when you I always did this thing where a, a band will release a record and then a year after they release it is when I really get into it. Right. So when by the time this came around, um, I was still listening to Lights and Sounds. Sure. <laughs> and yeah. then and then I was like, I should give I should give this new record a go because I like the band and the first two albums are sick. Yeah. Excuse me. <clears throat> um, and then when I put it on, I was just like, holy shit, this is like not exactly the same, but this is why I like this band. Like the same vibe was still there. Yeah. The the songs were catchy. Um, the songs were like everything that I was ingrained in my mind of what made this band them. Yeah. And then there was also like just shredding guitar solos on some of the songs. I'm just like, <laughs> holy shit. Like this band is like, I can't believe I, I let, like let them slip away from my mind right. for a little bit. But yeah, it just, it just hit me at a time when I was like, again, like I watched the video clips and I was just like, they've done it again. Like they've, they've made like kind of in my mind, Ocean Avenue part two, or like they just sure. kept the story rolling on from exactly from where lights and sounds left off for me. Yeah. Um, and then also going through the, like the discography of Hopeless, I was like, oh, Yellow Card signed Hopeless. Like, let's like, what record did they actually release? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, this record was solid. And I listened to it the other day, and it just blew my mind again. I was just like, everything like production was so on point. Yeah. Um, melody and everything was on point. It was like a, a non-skipper for me, as well as Better <laughs> Weather. Like all the albums that I choose are like non-skippers for me. Like yeah. I could listen to them front to back any day. Yellow Card is um, an interesting band for me. Uh, because you mentioned kind of, uh, you know, like listening to Ocean Avenue and and then Lights and Sounds. Like Ocean Avenue was the only yellow card record I really ever knew. And I've, I've had people bring okay. them up and talk about them and love them. And they were a band for whatever reason when they came out. So I saw them. It must have been Ocean Avenue. They were uh, that was out at the time. I saw them on Warp Tour years ago. And yeah. they had to split a set. I've told this story on the show before, but they had to split a set with Taking Back Sunday because there was like oh, okay. a tornado warning or what it was just like crazy oh. weather, right? Yeah. <laughs> so they're like, Okay, the day is almost done. You guys are here, uh, yellow card, taking back Sunday, still need to play on the main stage. So we're gonna split a thirty minute set. They each get fifteen minutes. Yeah. And uh it was just like it was when Taking Back Sunday played last, uh it was probably one of the best 15 minutes of live music i've ever experienced just because it started pouring so hard oh wow. but like they awesome. just yeah they just went and like gave it right um yeah. but so yellow card In typical fashion yeah yellow card before that i was like you know they had ocean avenue and stuff and i i, I always dug them and enjoyed that song and that record and thought it was weird that they were a pop punk band that had a fiddle in it like that just <laughs> sets them apart for sure right but then at the same yeah. point that dude is like rocking out when he's playing right yeah like it's, it's doing backflips so, doing everything yeah so they're they're a band that um 
to go and listen to this, I was like pleasantly surprised, maybe in a similar way to like you, you would have gone in listening to this record while you may have been kind of late to the party on it or whatever. Like you gone into it with an expectation and it met that expectation. Whereas like yeah. when I listened to it for the first time and, and to be fair, I've only listened to it once and I was literally like laying in bed, like <laughs> listening to music, trying not to fall asleep. Right. But yeah, I was like, dude, this is, that's where I do most of my listening is <laughs> laying just before, bed. just like trying not to fall asleep. <laughs> yeah. Or, uh, yeah. Or falling so if, the album, if you make the whole album, you're like, this is a good record. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, it's funny. Cause I, I, I have, um, this is going to paint a great image. I wish I brought it down, but I have these headphones like Bluetooth headphones that are literally mm. like you wear them like a headband so you can okay. lay in bed listening to them. Oh, <laughs> they're the, like nice. the cheesiest, corniest thing <laughs> out there. But like, I just, there's something I was like, I just want to lay in bed listening to music and you know, yeah. big old like headphones on my ears aren't comfortable. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so I always get a kick out of if I'm like listening to some like old school, like hardcore punk album or something. And I'm like, yeah, this is how they envisioned someone <laughs> listening to this record is him laying in the bed, headband, Bluetooth, headband, Bluetooth <laughs> headphones on. <laughs> like it's just, it's the most punk rock image I think exists. So, um, but all that to say, I, I, this record listening to it that, that first time I was like, I want to go back and listen to it again. And, um, is it, I always want to, is his name Ryan key or is it William? Yeah. That's, uh, it's, it's, he says Ryan Key, but it's William Ryan Key. I, say, I, I think, think it's it William Ryan Key, yeah. yeah. But anyway, um, he's such like a talented songwriter. And it's obvious, mm. like, just from putting putting this record on or any of their records, it's like, oh, like, dude can write. I got into, he released a solo EP a few years ago. Yeah. Um, that was kind of like really acoustic. I can't remember if it was all acoustic, but it was definitely mainly acoustic. And it was so good. Mm. Um, so, yeah, like to put this on and listen to that uh, and, and just like get lost in his songwriting is is super easy. Have you watched any of the Emo's Not Dead videos by Matt Cutshaw? No. So I need to see this. What yeah, this? you got to look them up. They're these hilarious, like, two or three minute YouTube videos. And yep. the whole premise is like he's a grown ass man. He's got a girlfriend <laughs> or whatever. And he just always breaks out into like early 2000s, like pop punk emo anthems. Like something will set him off. Right. And so it just started yep. as this little thing where all of a sudden, like, the camera cuts to the girlfriend then pans back to him and now he's got like black swoop hair in his face wearing a black hoodie pulled up right like it's it's key it's it's classic but um as the videos have kind of grown he started actually bringing in uh like the 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 musicians that he's singing like the songs that he's singing so he's had like okay. oh wow yeah like Bert from the used has been on there um Chris Caraba from Dashboard Confessionals been on there and then I think it's mm-hmm. the most recent one at least at this time uh, Ryan Key's on there, and it's always like he starts singing, and then they join him, and the girls always like, "What the? F- what is going on?" Like this is nuts. But anyway, uh, I couldn't help but think about that. That's awesome. When, yeah, it's it's good stuff. But um, yeah, when you got free time, <laughs> go go. Look hey, what's it called? Emo is not dead. Yeah, like his YouTube, I think channel is just Matt Cutshall, like C U T S H A L L. But it's the series that he does is Emo's Not Dead. Okay, and uh, I'll check that out. Yeah, they're great. So what's uh, what's your number three pick? Number three is Life's Not Out to Get You by Neck Deep. Set. This is for the lost, outtrodden, and rejects, and anybody looking 
This one I was just thinking about it then. It was like, I remember when they put out um, their first full length on Hopeless Wishful Thinking and just going, this this is sick. This like I remember um, going to that tour here, not knowing anything about them mm-hmm. um, and just absolutely loving the show, the energy. It just reminded me of when I found Newfound Glory, just like right. a similar vibe right. yeah. and everything. And then when they brought out um, Life's Not Out to Get You, went to that tour again and I, it was just like, Again, these songs are fucking awesome. And we and Between You and Me were just forming at that time. Right. And I remember I was like 26 and um, I was like, man, it'd be so sick to play in a band like this again. Like I remember being in high school and all of my friends, I was listening to pop punk and all my friends are listening to like indie rock and I could only play in indie <laughs> rock bands because that's what everyone was doing. I just right. really wanted to play in a pop punk band. And um, yeah, and just that, the, the vibes in those songs and the messages in those songs were exactly what like spoke to me back then and it made me realize that punk's not dead really like pop punk's not dead anyway so i was just like it's so cool to see someone um doing it and doing well off it and they really just like drove that message home with the music videos and like the whole way they held themselves and everything like that yeah neck deep is one of the first bands that when i was so a little bit i uh so i grew up listening to like pop punk skate punk like all of Mm -hmm. it right and then um, probably around the time where all your friends were in indie rock bands and you wanted to be in a pop punk band. I was like getting out of like the whole pop punk sort of thing. There was a stretch mm-hmm. of time where I was like, ah, I don't listen to it anymore. So I, I kind of got away from it outside, of, you know, maybe the odd time going back to some of my favorites. But when I decided, I was like, you know what? I think I can't remember who the first band was. Um, it may have been like knuckle puck or something like that, where I was like, or real friends where I was like, dude, like, mm-hmm. this is someone mentioned it was like this is pretty good and then so i started asking around like what are some other bands and so neck deep obviously came up and my first kind of like reaction to neck deep i was like okay like this is this is good i don't i don't get what everyone's super excited about like when there's these other bands right Um, but it took it's they're such an interesting band for me because i did end up i went and saw them uh i'm trying to think which tour it would have been on because what was the one after life's not out to get you uh the album after that uh yeah peace in the panic 
Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, it was definitely it was that tour, and they toured with um, Seaway, which okay. was the main re- at least in Canada. That's who they toured with. Which was the main reason I went was for Seaway, and then also Speak Low if you speak love was on that yeah. show. And I was like, dude, I got to go see this. So when we went and saw them, though, like you cannot deny how good of a band they are. But for me, like this record is now one that I can go back to and actually enjoy it much like, you know, like Peace in the Panic and, and you know, kind of some of the older stuff. But for me, actually, I'm a big supporter of All Distortions Are Intentional, like their mm. record that came out this, I guess, yeah, this past year. I don't know what it was about it. Something similar to me for... um the story so far where like the early stuff, I was like, yeah, like I, I, I like it and I can see why, people, yeah. but then the last, like their like proper dose is like for me anyways, it's just like mm. way better. And I, for whatever reason, all distortions are intentional. I'm in the same place. And, um, where I'm like, they, those two records remind me of each other actually. But, um, in, yeah, you in... can't, you can't make a list like this though and keep neck deep off of it. Like that's, yeah. And I think exactly. you can make that argument for any one of their records, but of course I made a rule that said you can't have more than one record per band on here. So yeah, yeah I made that <laughs> there was there was a, another band that I was going to put in that spot, but this album, um, this album did like I would go back to a lot more than that other than the other yeah. record. So is this is this um, the record that has December on it? Yeah. So yeah, what's your favorite all. version of December? Because that's the other thing that blows my mind is that they have three different versions of this song and they're all different and all good yeah. in their own ways. I think I think the original version is my favorite. Okay. The album version. Like I liked I liked the other two, but the, yeah. the original was that's what funny. I heard first and I, I like I it's not that I didn't like the new versions and I didn't yeah. like the spin on them, it's just like that one which is like yeah. closer to home for me, I that's guess. That's fair. It's funny cuz I think the first time I heard it was probably the like Chris Carava dashboard confessional feature. Mm. And then I was like, wait, YouTube recommends this other, this same song with Mark Hoppus. I'm like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and then, so I assumed it was just like this, like thing that they did. And then I, yeah, when I looked closer at this record, I was like, oh shoot. Like it's, it's actually a song that they released prior. That's, you know, just straight up their own thing. So that's kind of, yeah. kind of cool. I can't think which, of any, Oh, go ahead. No, which was really cool. Like to see that they did those alternate versions with like two bands. Yeah. that I love as well, like Dashboard and Blink. Blink's probably yeah. my favorite band. And like, yeah. if that, I was just thinking like, if that was me in that position, I would be losing my mind no matter what right. it sounded like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no matter if Mark Hoffice was on key or not. <laughs> mm. He's on your track, man. Like that's that's nuts. You that, can fix okay. all that stuff. It's fine. Yeah, that's, it's true. Okay, so <laughs> before, before we move on with your list then, who is, uh, we got to take Mark out of the picture, but um, if you could have any one artist feature on one of oh. your songs, oh, I think it's too hard. Like it'll it'll be right if it was right now, it would be Travis Barker just because like the the flow and effect of that would be great. But also, I've never I've always wanted to see Blink live with Travis, and I've never had that opportunity. So it'd be, to oh. be able to work with him would be pretty cool yeah. in a, in a, any capacity. Yeah. But if it feels like a vocal feature. Um. I don't know. I, it, I don't think it'd be someone that sings pop punk. I think it'd be that's like fair. Dave Grohl or something like that. Sure. Well, that's like, yeah. um, are you a fan of uh, Touche Amore? I, that is one band that I've constantly been told to listen to. Yeah. And I, and I have that's, like dabbled, but I haven't really listened. And, and that's fair. Cause like their album there, I would, I will gladly say they're not a band for everybody, um, but definitely worth, worth giving a shot. Their latest album, Lament, 
has mm. a feature on it where they feature, and I don't know if it's the whole band that's featured because it just says featuring Manchester Orchestra. And so okay. I'm like, I don't know if it's the whole band or if it's just uh, the guy who sings, like because <laughs> he yeah, definitely yeah. sings on the track. But it's like the way the way that Touche Amore, you know, kind of sounds. They've got like definitely like a post hardcore. He definitely more yells slash mm. speaks. Like he's got a, he's got an interesting kind of delivery. I guess. I think a lot of people probably compare them to the Law Dispute, if you've ever listened to the Law Dispute at all. But, okay. Um, yeah. But yeah, and then you have the guy from Manchester Orchestra come in, and you're like, what is that? <laughs> like, it, but it's such a great yeah. feature. It's a I'll nice check surprise. That. I'll, I'll probably start there, then I'll start with that record. Yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, I mean, my favorite probably record from them is Stage 4, the one before, and he actually sings more on that. Like, okay. It was interesting, because if we go down a bit of a kind of on a side Andrew? path here, but yeah, yeah. like he... Um, <laughs> I think going into stage four, he talked about how he was actually a big fan of the band The National. Yep. Um, and okay. so that kind of came through on some songs. So it was interesting to me, like just kind of in some of the melodies and singing that he kind of pulled out of himself. So it was interesting to me that then when they came back with Lament, that they didn't like explore that further at all. I don't know if he sings proper on the record at all, um, but it's still really good. It's a, it's a, yeah. it was one of my favorite. It made my top ten. It may have actually made my top five if I think back of last year. But um, oh, awesome! Yeah. So anyway, lament by by uh, Touche Amore. Worth it. Okay. Uh, right. What's I was your? Like, uh... Who are we talking about? We're talking about. Yeah, I know. I was like, I, for a second there, I was like, was I talking about Law Dispute? No. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just had a thought. Like I just remember, like how I said, how it just reminded me of Newfound Glory, and this record, like drove it home more. Just watching their video clips, it just reminded me of the first time I I heard like Sticks and Stones. So like my friends over you. Yeah. and all that and i was just like it was, i was just like i want to go skating i want to go hang out with my friends and do whatever all yeah, day yeah. and not worry about anything um Similar. or just go drive to the beach and and listen to music the whole yeah. way kind of thing but, i mean that's what when it's funny because i could describe almost every pop punk album that i love in that very same way but i think that's just what i love about pop punk is it's just about like having fun right like even the yeah. bands like I, I feel like pop punk got a lot more serious and there'll be people who will debate and say, well, it's not pop punk then if they're, you know, being serious, but I'm like, well, yeah. you don't have to make dick and fart jokes in every single song. Right. Like, um, but like even those bands that are a lot more serious, I still find that they know how to have fun. Right. Yeah, like, exactly. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, I was going to say, you mentioned sticks and stones. I was like, Oh, there's a little, you can't see it, but it's, it's a little picture from, uh, from sticks and stones. It's, yeah. It's, it's awkwardly. Oh, that's, is that the way they on the floor there? When they're rolling around in the front no, couple? No, no, it's um, they're it's it's a couple of what appears to be, I'd say, fourteen-year-olds making out in front of a wall. <laughs> so it's like this awkward picture to have up there. I'm like, well, I mean, oh well. <laughs> I wanted to use newfound glory somehow, and that's yeah. that's what I came up with. And they're not even. That's what you get. Picture. Yeah, that's what you get. Uh, what's your number two? My number two is the dangerous summer. Reach for the sun. I wrote a song about war It kind of lives in your head I found a place I can sit A place where every daylight hits Like the palm of your hand When you're reaching for something that's Bought up in the sky That's the way that I like to see myself Reaching for just one star at a time 
song inside of the earth I put my ear to the ground and I sang with every word See, I got lost in the sound It was the moment I felt sick Just when I needed it most There is not much to explain Except I found myself blinded by every bit of light I felt so safe inside the sight of the sun I really think I'm home now I really think that I heard was a song inside the earth I put my ear in the crowd and I sang with every word I felt a wave so strong I fell right in it It hit so hard and it took my Try. I scream so loud Again, like this was obviously like a departure from pop punk mm-hmm. from like the previous records that we've talked about, but like this one um, showed me like writing in a different way, like yeah. being more emo and being more, more um, pa- not passionate, but like raw in the way you, pr- you can say stuff and you can, you don't have to write it in a, in a, um, in phrasing that rhymes and you just, right. you just say what you feel and do it. And, and also the instrumentation on it, like, the first time I heard the drums on this, I was just like, this guy is like what I loved about Travis Barker's drumming in Blink-182 when I first heard it. This guy is just like tastefully overplaying kind of thing. Right. Everything yeah, yeah. everything was like, if you listen to it by itself, it's just like this guy's going nuts, but you, you listen to the song and it fits perfectly in with what's happening. He's not doing anything more than what it needs, Yeah, I guess. And it, and, that, and then like going to see it, they did the 10-year ten ten tour two years ago now. Okay. Um, and... I hadn't listened to the record in a while, but I remembered the record. And then I went to the show and I like knew every single word, <laughs> like without even listening. I was like, holy shit, is this like, when is this going to finish? Like, I don't want it to finish. Like, yeah. and then they finished. And I was like, 
is that really the whole record? I thought there was way more than that. Yeah. Like, I just this, like, I want, it, I want it to happen again. The Dangerous Summer actually talked about this record. Um, I had uh, an author by the name of Mike Henneberger on a while back. And he, so he wrote a book called Hard Rock, uh, Rock Bottom. What the hell is it called? <laughs> <laughs> rock Bottom at the Renaissance Hotel. Or is it, no, it's Hard Rock Bottom at the Renaissance Hotel. Anyway, okay. he wrote this book and in it, he kind of like each chapter is, uh, is based not based around a song, but he features a song in each chapter. A lot of Jimmy Eat World, a lot okay. of Dangerous Summer. And so when he was on, we talked about this record. And I can just remember with this band, they, the first time I heard them, they blew my mind. And it was this thing where I was like listening to it and I was trying to figure out, I was like, what is blowing my mind with this? Like what, mm. why does this feel so good? <laughs> and yeah. the best I could come up with was... They're a band that even if you're listening to them for the first time, it feels like a band you've known your whole life. Like, I don't know how better to explain it. I don't even know if that makes any sense. But anytime I put them on, I'm like, dude, mm. like, I feel like, you know, I'm 18 years old again or whatever. And, you know, mm. like, I've I've never been like a raging alcoholic. And I know he's got, <laughs> you know, in some songs where he's singing about, you know, like just drinking in the car sort of thing. Well, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like that, that sort of stuff where I'm like, I, that's never been me. But for some reason, when he sings about it, I feel that, man. Like, I, yeah. I can I, go I feel, right there. Yeah. I feel like you, like, like you said, like I put it on and he was already tell like, not, there was everything that he was saying I could pinpoint to somewhere in my life where yeah. I felt a similar thing. And I was just like, how does he know what I'm, <laughs> what I'm, what's going on in my brain? Like some yeah. of the time or whatever, like, how's he doing this man? And he's just, it, mm. and I, I feel bad. Cause I just keep saying he, cause like, I feel like I should know his name, but, and I know <laughs> I've heard it, but it's just not there right now. But he is also a songwriter for me that is, and you talked about like kind of a departure from, you know, kind of the pop punk albums we were talking about prior. Yeah. And I feel like as a songwriter, he is beyond that anyway. Not just as a lyricist, but the way he crafts melodies and the way he mm. puts songs together. Like that dude could find success in any number of genres. Oh, um, yeah. You know, and, and knock it out of the park. And he does. Yeah. yeah. So, I remember he, they released a, an acoustic version of this whole record. And it's just him playing acoustic guitar live. And I was yeah. listening to it. And it, and the same feelings were there. And then I just, just listened to his guitar work. Right. And it was not to say that it's um, like a beginner level, but it was just very basic, like what he was playing. It wasn't anything crazy. He wasn't yeah. trying to like play major seventh diminished six chords and try and make it cool. Right. He was yeah. just playing the songs and seeing it, how it came out. Mm. And, and it's just so beautiful, like, and so basic that it's like, he can say what, whatever he wants and it will still work in the song. Yeah. That's the, I, another thing that made me appreciate the ac actual record was because on, on that base level, it was so easily um, palatable for anyone to listen to it, no matter what was going on instrumentally. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And I mean, I've heard it said, I don't know, countless times that, you know, a, a good song, you can play it on just acoustic guitar, guitar even, right? Like you don't need a full mm -hmm. band. And I mean, like as cliche as it is to say that it's also like, you you can tell in a in a good songwriter that they don't need anything other than you know their one instrument and their voice yeah. and they'll they'll tell you stories and you'll feel it yeah <laughs> exactly that it's like a, it takes you on a ride like yeah um and if you close your eyes and just listen to that record you're just like in in this space where you can detach from 
what's happening right in front of you and just listen to his journey and his story. And it's so beautiful, beautifully sad sometimes, but it's just beautiful. It's, it's, it's great stuff. So, um, let's get into, uh, your number one. My number one is the greatest generation by the wonder years. fucking mind when yeah. i first heard it yes because I, I was never a fan of the wonder years like i yeah. i listened to them and i was like I, I don't get it like 
everything's so <laughs> fast. There's so many like guitar lines happening, like yeah. while he's singing and he's he's like so raw and it's cool. And yeah. I watch like all these live videos and I'm like, I just don't get it. How are people just losing their fucking minds over this guy and what yeah. he's saying? Like I can't even even on the records, I couldn't I couldn't like get my head around like what he was saying. And I was just like, I, I, it's just too much. Like there's so much happening. And then I put this on because Benji, my our best mate, was telling me, he's like, you need to listen to this record. And I just I was like, it's the one to use. It's probably going to be the same shit that I've heard before. I don't think <laughs> I'm going to get it. Like yeah. I, I believe they're a good band. Like they do well. I believe that people love them. I believe it. Then I put it on and I just listened to it. And I just sat there. First song plays and I'm just like, all right. Second song plays, I'm like, all right, here we go. And I was just like, by the time I realized it was the last song and every song was being played in that last song. And I'm just like, yes. How, did this, how, oh, is, how is this possible? How is this happening? Like, it hit, it hit me like the Wonder You, uh, the Dangerous Summer did, but like on this completely new level where I was yeah. like vibing with it like a pop punk kid and crying with it like an emo kid. Right. And, <laughs> and like, and like screaming like a hardcore kid. Like, I was just like, this is like one of the most perfect records I've ever listened to. Yeah. It's, Oh man, like on this list it is the record that I know inside and mm. out the best. Mm. Um The Wonder Years are a band for me that So what when would you have heard this? Like was it their latest record at the time? Like, yeah, it was around? their latest record. Yeah. Okay. So cuz like again like like these other, you know, stories I've told the, like the greatest generation came out in a time where I wasn't paying attention to this kind of music really. So I jumped on board and no closer to heaven was already out, and so okay. I can't remember. I want to say the first song I heard was uh, is it Cardinals? Is that the opening mm. track off of No Closer to Heaven? But anyway, um, in that like the video is the one where uh, Dan Campbell's just like carrying the body and he's like trying to catch up to the ambulance or whatever. And yep. I was like, "What the fuck is this? Like, there's so much going on here, and it's like." It's so it's so good, and at the same point, I'm like listening to his lyrics, and it's just yeah. like crushing me because. <laughs> so here's a little background, and it ties specifically to this record. So, um, my son, when he was three, he was diagnosed with cancer, and so we spent. Oh, damn. Yeah, he's he's all good now. So I'll get to that part. He's 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 like six years cancer free now. It's all awesome. you know. He's doing okay. Yeah. But um, during that time is when Ooh. I discovered this record. And like, or I should say the wonder years. Cause it was, it was basically, um, you know, like I was, I was diving into no closer to heaven and then the greatest generation almost all at the same time. But, and so like the lyrics in, uh, in, uh, in Cardinals were just like hitting hard. And then the song dismantling summer off of the greatest generation. And he's like singing mm -hmm. about, you know, like the orange bottles stare me down. Like he's just talking about like, medications he's talking about hospitals and all this stuff and i'm just like mm. oh god <laughs> you know like so when <laughs> everything's when went, so vivid in oh. his in the way he said and the and like the lyrics that he uses and like the way he phrases words it's it's not like he's doing anything crazy it's just like yeah. so intricate and and well thought out yeah and he wants to make sure it's perfect when he says it to you it's like when you try and describe something to someone and you, you start rattling off things you're like wait, wait wait let me gather my thoughts and let me say yeah. it and tell you the, the story well and, and the way like, the way he crafts his lyrics too is just like, I mean, he's got some songs where, yeah, it feels like he's really thinking through these metaphors or what have you. And then there's other songs where he's just like literally writing a song about a homeless dude in his town and how he got beat up by kids. Right. Like, and he's mm -hmm. not, he's not, you know, like 
coding that in metaphors. He's just telling the story. But the funny thing is with Dismantling Summer, so I saw the Wonder Years. They were on the, the Sister Cities tour. And actually, one of the best best shows I've been to in quite some time is Tiger's Jaw mm. and Tiny Moving Parts. Ah, uh, yeah, on that I show. did see that tour. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I saw that poster. I didn't see that tour. <laughs> yeah, but so I was so pumped to go see. I was like, okay, man, when they play Dismantling Summer, like I'm gonna be up there and I'm gonna be like singing every word. And it's one of the only times, it, like at live music, I've been absolutely speechless. And I was just like, I was literally standing there. I was like, I wanted to like sing along. But mm. at the same point, I'm just standing there by myself, Watching. like weeping, because <laughs> mm. I was like, "Oh, yeah. you're 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 taking me to a place I don't want to go right now." Yeah, <laughs> and like he just has this like incredible ability um, to yeah. to do that. Like it's, and then you couple it like with like that band is ridiculous. Like they have, I think, three guitarists at any given time. Like yeah. they're just so full, and they get out there and they crush it. Like. And, and yeah, I don't know. They are. Sorry, easily... I'm just bringing up some lyrics of um, a song. But yeah, they, I've I've seen them once. They were they played a festival here called Soundwave, and they did a sideshow. Yeah. And I went with my with Benji, and um, he was he absolutely loves every single thing that they've ever put out. Yeah. So he was losing his mind, and I was just like, <laughs> when they play "Passing Through a Screen Door," we're going yeah. into that pit, and we're gonna lose our minds together because that song spoke to me so hard, right. like. I was 26 at the time, and then when I heard that bridge, when he was <laughs> like, "Jesus Christ, I'm 26." All the people <laughs> yeah. I graduated with, all have kids, all have wives, and I was just yeah. like, "That is me." That is, <laughs> all of my friends in high school are like in serious relationships, uh, yeah. thinking about having kids or having kids. I'm married, and I was just like, me and him and and Jared are just playing shows and getting really drunk and doing yeah. nothing, and we're just like working out normal jobs and just like trying to be yeah. musicians. <laughs> oh man, yeah, no, he. I, I I could probably go on for hours about the Wonder Years. Did you watch their uh, like their Halloween show they did? The I live didn't. Stream? I didn't get to watch that. Dude, no, dude. I heard many good things about it, and I was like, I should watch that. But then I think I just slept in because it was at, on at like seven a.m. You know, I was sure. Like, wow. Yeah. The beauty yeah. about the, like the live stream stuff though is that like most of them they make them available for you know a period of time afterwards mm-hmm. or whatever. But um, that show it was so much fun because like the whole like. They played two sets, like they broke up because their band's so big. So they broke mm. up into two versions of Blink One Eighty Two and played <laughs> two Blink sets, right? And then, uh, and they're also good at like when they switch yeah. instruments as well. <laughs> well, that's just it, right? Like Soupy was playing bass for like his set because it's like, well, obviously they only have one bass player. And then I think one of their guitar players was playing drums for the one of mm. the set, like because it was just like, yeah, okay, because he played in, in um. Off, is it? I don't know if it's Sister Cities or um, No Closer to Home. They have a video clip where he plays drums. Oh, yeah. In. Like, there's a two-drum part. Yeah, that's Soupy's on... playing guitar. Yeah, that's for uh, Cathedrals? Is that what it, no, what the hell is it called? Uh, but, yeah, that, that, that was yeah. one of the songs, too, that just, like, blew my mind when I was first getting into them. And, uh, like, I can remember, I just want, I do want to look up the song, because it is Saints and Cigarettes. Is that what it's called? Cigarettes and Saints. That, Cigarettes that and Saints. Clip, that video clip uh, inspired some um, double drumming on the new record as well. Oh, on the tracks. I was just like, we need a second drum kit in this yeah. song. <laughs> yeah, the, the song Cigarettes and Saints. I was like, yeah. but like, they're, uh, I wrote them off when I, when I first, it's interesting because like there were a couple songs that hit me really hard right away. And then as I kind of like dove into some of their records, I kind of like wrote them off a little bit being like, okay, you know, maybe in a similar way to what your, your kind of initial 
reaction was to some of their stuff and like i just don't necessarily get what's always going on here like it's fast yeah. and there's all this stuff going on and then i i realized i'd sit there and i'd be listening to a record and maybe similarly to when you got to uh i just want to sell out my funeral where all of a sudden it's like playing all the spots right and you're like <sighs> shit like this is insane sure. yeah <laughs> so beautifully put together as well i was just like it just oh. like seamlessly flowed in i'm like oh my god how did yeah. they get here <laughs> yeah right exactly and then but like in a similar way on no closer to heaven i was listening to it and stained glass ceilings came out like i just kind of like mm. gotten to a point where i'd forgotten about these things it was like, it was just playing whatever and then stained glass ceilings came on and i was like what's happening right now so i had to like stop and start the song again because it got to the like the jason butler uh mm. like feature and i was like holy crap like this is so good and like that's what i think i love about the wonder years is they have that ability to all of a sudden just like pull something out and be like oh we got this too like yeah. you like what's happening we're just gonna like ramp it up a little bit whether it's you know adding a second yeah. drum part to a song or just i would like, love to be in the room like when they're writing or like when they're writing that song i remember i think i watched like a small doco they wrote that song over a summer and they just had this hot practice room where they were just they were like writing all the music together Right. Like no, like someone was writing on on Logic and then sending it to someone else. It's just like all of them jamming in a room, and that's like my dream band to be like a, a a band that jams all together in the room, writes everything together, and then they did it so perfectly on that yeah. record. Like learning about the record and stuff, I was just like, this is like the pinnacle album yeah. possibly yeah. for me. <laughs> so, quick side note: What are your did you did you like Sister Cities? Because I know it was kind of I a did. split for people. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did like everything. After um, Greatest Generation, everything yeah. before I'm still trying to get back oh, into. Yeah, yeah. I, I like um, I like the two, the two new songs or one new song they put out. Oh, Breakless, I think. Breakless, like they put out then... from um, the Suburbia record, the B side. I was just like, yeah, that's sick. Like, and now now I think I can go back and and understand it. Yeah. Now. So I'm well. So that yeah, it was Breakless and Out on My Feet. And from what yeah. I understand, I don't think they're actually B sides. I, like okay. I don't think I don't think they were songs that were actually written. They maybe like I think what they did was to celebrate. I think it was Suburbia oh, and the Upsides. They were like, "Oh, let's write songs like we wrote them." Then, like that would fit in. Like I think they're brand new songs, if I recall correctly, because yeah. like they talked about that on the live stream. I think they only. I'm trying to think if they just played Breakless. Um, cause I think that was the first one. Anyway. Uh, yeah. but, but yeah, if I recall correctly, they're, they're actually brand new songs that they just wrote. That's awesome. like, cause the cover, the cover does say, uh, in celebration of the 10 year anniversary of the upsides and suburbia, the wonder years proudly present breakless and out on my feet in the style of those recordings. Oh, wow. So I'm not okay. sure exactly what that means, but yeah. they're, they are good. Stuff. That's incredible good that they can yeah. just go back to that time and like, well, this is how we did it. Especially. Yeah. Well, and I think like they even like worked with the engineer or producer or whatever that worked on those records. Like it was, it was this whole thing that was like, that's nuts to just be like, Oh, we're just going to mm. release these two songs. But also to like see where they are as a band, like now with sister cities, at least and how different that is from, you know, kind of like those records. It It's uh, it's kind of, it just shows you like how freaking great they are <laughs> like mm. they're they're so good but they at, they can write a great record like they're like one of the few bands now that can write a like an album yeah that, you, that is like a story front to back well i mean he like, wrote they wrote three albums that are technically all tied together like that's yeah. that was the one thing i was a little bit as i was listening to sell out my funeral i was like 
Oh, are they like pulling parts from like all three? Because that would be freaking cool. And they they weren't. It was yeah. just all from that one record. But could you imagine yeah. if they're like, if like they, the songs the, from the future? <laughs> well, no, like the trilogy of uh, Upsides, oh, the, yeah, Greatest sorry, Generation. Yeah, yeah. If like in sell, uh, I just want to sell at my funeral. If they were like pulling even just a couple spots from those first two records, or like the first yeah. two records in the trilogy, that would have been that would have been bonkers. But um, I mean, instead they just pulled from one. Like uh, yeah. <laughs> But maybe Soupy now that you talk about it, like a, a feature, that would be yeah. pretty incredible. Cause he yeah. would bring like a, especially if he were, if he like, not just a feature, it's like a, a written with. So right. he like helps shape it, not to be yeah. like the Wonder Years, right. but to like just to see how his brain works and where yeah. he see envisions things and like melodies that I would never think of and lyrics that I would never think of. Even yeah. if we're writing about the same thing, he will write like a, book and i would write a paragraph and he would, <laughs> his would say the exactly the same thing that i'm saying but in a way more in-depth concise yeah. like beautifully yeah. well-written piece well it's funny because like a soupy feature um like it's it was dan campbell's feature on uh, that one trash boat song that like introduced me to trash boat oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and like that was the part of the song that i was like oh this song is great is when he came in and then lo and behold that band would release <laughs> one of my favorite records of the past you know 10 years yeah. even like um so many good bands but but yeah anyways yeah. man this was this, did you have any what were some were there a few records that were just kind of sitting on the outside i think i think i have a list here of all the records let me all 20 i'll of give you a <laughs> yeah there's a few that were the same band as well um, yeah. let me see um identity crisis by wasteful Okay, yeah, one. yeah, yeah. I love that record. Still listen to it. Still listen to it to this day. But it, I was like, put it against last night to get you, and I was just 2018 like, twenty eighteen too. <laughs> I feel like it did. Yeah, twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen, man. What a freaking year. Uh, That's it. Double check. That's it. Uh, it was twenty eighteen. <laughs> That's funny. Wow. Um, unbelievable. Yeah, so that one, I still listen to it to this day. There's songs on there that I just love. Yeah. Um, Chemical Miracle by Trophy Eyes. Just <sighs> like. Yeah. Another one similar to the Wonder Years, the way he speaks about yeah. the issues that he's gone through and like the way they wrote the song compared to the first record, which was like the, the hardcore sounding record. And then yeah. they, they just went straight to this record. I was just like, there was no, like the gap is so far spread. Like there's some, some elements, but like it's so well written that like anyone who loved them in the first record, if they didn't like the second record, I don't know why they didn't like the second record Yeah, <laughs> because Man, it, it's so different, but it's so great. It, it and it's it's funny because um so back when when we would have first connected i had uh, a different guy on the show his name was jordan and he uh mm-hmm. he spent some time in australia and like this when trophy eyes was kind of like with that early sound and he remembered like going to a show and really like and he's like and then so when american dream came out he was like what is this <laughs> he's like <laughs> I remember Trophy Eyes being like this kind of like faster, harder band. And I was kind of like, yeah, I mean, I don't know much about them. And the American Dream was definitely like, I mean, you can at least see the progression between, you know, those that first record yeah. or whatever and through Chemical Dream or whatever it's called to like, or not, not Chemical Dream. Miracle. Um, yeah. Chemical <laughs> Miracle. Just, yeah. yeah, it's like the whole Southern weather thing. I'm not offended. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like to see that progression, but that Chemical Miracle, it's like such... The song Chlorine specifically, when I put that on, I was like, why mm-hmm. have they changed from this? Like, I, I still like the American Dream, and it's a record that, like, grew on me, and it's one that a lot of times if I'm on, like, a road trip and driving, I'm like, I want to listen to it. There are a couple parts on it that are, like, a little, um, man, you look so much. Like As the sun is, like, going, I was, like, amazing. trying to 
This is kind of like this serious... heavenly there we glow. Go. There, there you we go. go. This <laughs> heavenly glow, the like long hair. It's like, geez, man, I feel like we're filming some kind of like Harlequin romance or something. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like the the change to the American Dream. It's, it's like it's a road trip record for me. But that mm. the song Chlorine is up there for if I if I were to rank like you know like songs of the past ten years or whatever it would be. That it's so it would cool. make it. Yeah. It would make it 100. percent It's and his voice, like his voice. Uh, anyway, it's like the, the the transition between singing and screaming on that yeah. record is just so well done. And every point that he screams and every point that he sings, it's like Feels the right. perfect spot for him yeah. to do it. Well, and and I mean, like he, there's people who can scream and sing, but then not only can he scream and sing, but then he can like just drop a whole like. Mm octave it feels like you can just like get yeah, exactly. down there and you're like what is this it's, it's <laughs> yeah. so good but what were a it's few so of the other ones that just missed uh i think there's just two more in here so nothing personal all-time low okay that yeah. was it that was a i remember hearing wait listen just like seeing all-time low i'm going oh yeah these guys are like blink but like a lot more preppy <laughs> <laughs> i mean they take their name from a newfound glory song so it's all yeah. good <laughs> and um this one's a bit of a spanner but i know a lot of people that i've spoken to about it didn't like the production on this record. And um, even the band don't really like the production on this record. Uh, Backbone by Rome. Oh, yeah. I remember yeah. I remember it was their first record. And I remember, like, finding them before I found Neck Deep and liking them a lot more before I yeah. liked Neck Deep. Yeah. And just waiting for this record to drop. And I think they, they were sitting on it for, like, a year. Right. And um, the production isn't the best, but the songs, like again, just remind me of, like, that young band that want to play pop punk and they, they yeah. just do it. And then they and they lived that life as well. Like whatever show they could get, they would play. Whatever um, tour, wherever they could play, they just wanted to play because that's all they wanted to do. They just wanted to have fun. And that's yeah. like there's some catchy choruses on that. And yeah, that's why I like them. That's awesome, man. Well, yeah. th- thanks for uh, putting together a list. No worries. <laughs> this, this sunshine isn't going away. It's just <laughs> everywhere now. You, you had it for a second, and then it's just like, no, I said we're going to get, uh, get back. <laughs> I'm so glad that we didn't hear any of your neighbor's children screaming in the background. Yeah. When we did this. You know, but... oh God. What if I do this? Oh, there we go. Oh, just, do this. just keep your hand over it the whole time. The whole time. Maybe I'll do this. Here we go. For the last. It didn't help. Is that going to work? No. Oh, oh. Uh, there's now I just got to strap it. Oh, no. Nah. <laughs> this is why people need to watch the YouTube videos, see, so they can see all the ridiculousness. But no, dude, this was good. Thanks for uh, for putting this together and hanging out. In the Thank you for us. having me. Thank you for always being uh, supporting of anything that I do and that the band does as well. So it means a lot. Yeah.